Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and with me today is Lead Pastor Paul Eastwood. Hey, man. How you doing, Paul? I am doing good. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I am excited to get into this week's conversation. Uh, we're wrapping this series that we call Time to Build. Yeah. Um, and we're talking a little bit, kind of the, the third part of our strategy, um, around embracing a rule of life. And we're talking a little bit about community. Right. Do you want to give us a little recap from Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about, so what, you know, to, to go back this whole idea of building, I think has been something that's been on my heart and something that I really believe we are moving into as a church is yeah. this time where things are beginning to build. And that doesn't mean that we're just going to get bigger and more numbers, but building has this kind of solid foundationally kind of aspect to it, which mm-hmm. means that we're building in a way that is strong and moving towards uh, Christ likeness and all those good things. Yeah. And um, we've talked about how important this, uh, you know, this church is as we gather together. And for each one of us, we need to take on our own part. And part of this is what we've talked about is an idea of uh, embracing something called a rule of life. And so we've talked mm-hmm. about a rule of life many times. I'm not going to get, you know, deep into that again, Um, But recognizing that a rule of life is a set of regular practices and relational rhythms that help us create space in our busy world to welcome and respond to Jesus. And so what I was saying on Sunday is that if left alone, we have a tendency to drift Mm -hmm. rather than move towards God or passively drift towards Jesus. We tend to be moving in an opposite direction. And Mm so for us to move towards Jesus, it requires focus and it requires purpose and it requires us thinking about what we're doing. And so we talked a little bit about the things that drag us away, but then we kind of ended by talking about the thing that can bring us closer to Jesus. And that mm-hmm. is this idea of a rule of life. Yeah. And so the rule of life becomes kind of one of the mechanisms that allow us to surround ourselves with things that are going to support our life with God. Mm-hmm. But in order for that rule of life to really flourish and to be, be able to build in, in a very positive and strong way, we actually think that formation happens best in community, which means that we need each other in order to establish these rhythms and these patterns in our life because left on our own over time, we drift. And so that's why we sort of ended with this idea of community. And I guess I didn't really get as much into that application um, as maybe we can talk about today. Mm -hmm. Why is community so important? And, um, and if you're not involved in a, in a community group here at our church, uh, maybe maybe we'll answer a question like, why should you be? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to loop back just briefly to the sure. rule of life. Um, I know it's it's like old language and feels different because we use rule in a very different way. Um, a couple analogies that have helped me. So you talked on Sunday about the trellis, mm-hmm. the thing that allows plants to grow and flourish um, or scaffolding. Um, a couple others that I've heard. One uh, rule, we know the word ruler, right? Like if you want to draw a straight line, the best way to do it is to use a ruler mm-hmm. um, and to make things level. It's actually the same kind of rule level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another analogy that uh, that I heard as someone was defining rule of life is kind of this anchor, right? We, we talk about drift. It's easy to drift. An anchor actually holds us fast and, yeah. and keeps us in the right place, uh, which should be in the presence of God and, and experiencing the fruit of that in, in all areas of our lives. So yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people think of rule of life and they think, oh, well, that's just a fancy way of saying spiritual disciplines. Right. You address this. And yeah. yeah, and I think spiritual disciplines like prayer and all of these kind of things, Sabbath and solitude, and these are all great things. Um, but a rule of life, uh, you know, it includes those things, but it's more than those things in a sense, because it's not a checklist. It's not like Mm. these are the five things I'm going to do. It's more about a collection of these habits 
that help make things straight or, you know, give us a trellis or a, you know, a, a scaffolding or become an anchor. Like all of yeah. those kinds of illustrations mm. illustrate the point that it's about that support. And, and it touches every area of our life. Exactly. Right. So uh, we've talked a little bit about the difference between. So the rule of life was born out of monastic communities um, and they actually had two rules, not just a rule of life, but they also had a rule of faith. Right. Which is something that's pretty familiar to us in the church. We have a statement of faith. Yeah. And if you go and you read our statement of faith, um, it, it basically attempts to give a rough overview of everything, like a theology of everything. What, what we, we believe. Yeah, what we believe. But like, like doesn't leave anything out. Now, you right. can have an opinion on eschatology or, or something over here, and those are great, but, but the rule of faith, our statement of faith allows us to have something that encompasses everything. Right. And the rule of life is the same thing. Spiritual disciplines fit within it, but yeah. it's actually a much bigger framework. But and a rule of faith is what we believe. Mm-hmm. A rule of life is what we do. Yes. So that's, that would be the way that I would see that yeah. change. And I think that it is a, it is a good distinction <gasps> and something that, um, like, I think we, we always know as followers of Jesus, but it's something that, that, churches like ours and in recent history maybe have gotten a little little bit away from articulating that well um and we feel called back into that right now we feel like this is a very helpful thing and right. it's very much in line with the way of jesus and who he was and what he's calling us to yeah as and, and i would say so let me just bring this back to nehemiah here for a mm-hmm. second have a pastor moment where we can like illustrate this from from scripture the people of god kind of get the word said to them or read to them by ezra yep. they hear the word of god and it changes them it affects them they you know fall in, on their knees they're in repentance and they confess their sins and all of that kind of stuff over time, they begin to drift. And so you could say that they had a strong uh, uh, rule of faith. Mm. They were given their doctrines, their, you know, this is what we believe. But what they lacked was a rule of life, yeah. which gave them a structure in order for which for them to live. Mm. And so what ended up happening is they drifted, right? And I think this is really true in our churches today. And I, and especially in our tradition where we come from and in, in, in our kind of special sort of angle of um, evangelicalism. But there's this, there's this, um, this idea. We really want to focus on the word of God. What, you know, what are, what are the things that he tells us? What is the truth about God? Mm. But where we lack uh, some emphasis is on how do we live? Right. And part of that is because we have this aversion to it. Cause we want to talk about being saved by grace, which is absolutely true. Right. And all of those things are great, but, the downside or the shadow side of that, of, you know, sort of talking so much about that is that we minimize our lives in yeah. our life yeah. and, uh, our lives lived in a particular way. Don't save us, but our lives lived in a particular way. Allow us to stay close to the source of life. And that's Jesus. Right. And Jesus called us not just to believe, but also to follow. Right. Um, I think it's Jonathan Edwards who, who, when talking about worship talks about our mind, our wills and our emotions, right. right? And like these, all of these things are involved in our in our worship, which is our lives lived back as sacrifice to God, right? But right. It's, it's interesting if if we if we've got the check marks on our mind, right? We've got our our rule of uh, faith, our statement of faith, yeah. right? We know our doctrine. That's great, but that's not everything. Yeah. Um, actually, being embodied humans means that we have emotions, and we need to bring those forward and allow them. Yeah. In, and, and that's, I mean, we're practicing things on Sunday morning around that, but also our wills. And it feels to me like a lot of this rule of life stuff is, is figuring out how to sh- helpfully use our wills yeah. to align ourselves 
yeah. to the way of and, and there's something else about that as well that I think is important for us to talk about is the, is the ongoing nature of it. The yes. fact that this is something that happens over, like over time. And I think that if I were to say to you, are you following Jesus? You might be able to, in your mind, check a box because in yep. your mind, you have this idea of following Jesus, obeying him, following his commands. Yep. I'm doing that. But if I were to ask you, are you abiding with Jesus, you mm. know, in, in the, in John chapter 15 kind of language, are you abiding with him? You might be like, Hmm, um, I'm not really sure. Or maybe it's a, am I right now? Or I used to be, mm. or maybe I'm, so it's almost like it requires more of a check-in when we think of it in terms of abiding with him. So it's not yeah. just about, it is about following, but it's also about abiding, just being in his presence. And that I think is something that's a little bit harder for us to check off a box. Yeah. And, and even even in our own definitions of abiding, like I can even make frameworks where I'm like, yes, this is what I do to abide check. And like, yeah. I, th- I think of the disciples who spent time with Jesus and regularly like got it so wrong. They're like, yeah. Jesus, we're with you. We understand. This is what you're saying. Right. And he's like, no, no. Like, you know, the disciples arguing about which, which one of us is going to be on your right. Which one is on your left. Right. Like we're with you. We're here. And Jesus is like, no, that's, that's not it. Um, and I think even in my own practices, this is why rule of life requires us to evaluate um, that there are times where my practices aren't as effective as I want them to be. And we need to be able to check in. So let's talk about that, but let's talk about it in community. Yes. Um, so like when I think about rule of life, like I think about personal habits, I think about even like leadership or habit or coaching books as I've read that, mm-hmm. that can be really great, but it's something that like I do, you know, I make a journal, I make a list, I do these things so I can be better so I can help more people or, be more present with my family or whatever. Um, all good. Mm-hmm. But why, why is community so important here? Well, I mean, I think first of all, there's, there's so much one another language in the Bible that, um, that it is really important for us to recognize that our faith has never, ever been an individual sport. Like it's mm-hmm. always something that we do with others and and part of that is because of the the goals that God has for his people to represent him well it has it has more to do with you know purpose and mission and all kinds of other things as well but i think so very pragmatically i think that that because i think there is and and maybe we can talk about this too there's a little bit of a difference between what we're talking about when we're talking about community and mm-hmm. then another part of our, our strategy that you may know, and maybe you're asking the question, isn't this just encountering God together? Like, Mm. aren't these the same things? Right. And I would say, no, they're not the same things. Encountering God together to gathering on a regular basis to worship, you know, to respond, uh, in, in that, um, gathering is different than what we're talking about here. What I'm talking about here is our own spiritual development and, Mm. um, you know, and, uh, in our, in our faith walk, and I think that the idea of having others around pragmatically allows us to be more successful. You know, whether you're a people person or you're not, there is something about the opportunity for accountability, for encouragement, for inspiration, motivation, all of those things that just works better when we have someone else along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, if you're, if you're married, you probably understand this. Like we, we are often blind to ourselves um, and we need yeah. the mirror of someone else to, to show us uh, well our good and our bad. Right. Yeah. And, and I, like, I think that's community is both this wonderful encouragement and this like wonderful accountability, which isn't always fun. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, we, our hope is that some of this happens on Sunday morning, but we also recognize we're, 
where enough people gathered together on Sunday morning. You don't know everyone who's here. You're certainly not going to talk to everyone who's here. And it's not the best venue for the intimacy that is required for this to work. Right. And that's, I mean, that's a scary thing, right? Intimacy is not, um, it's not, doesn't come naturally to a lot of us. Um, yeah. But there is this invitation in following Jesus into a, a community that has yeah. a love for each other and has a, a desire for the will of God for each other. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's well said, like, and, and no one's suggesting that we're going to be, you know, sitting around singing Kumbaya or, no. you know, um, it's when we talk about intimacy, it is, it is, um, I think, I think sometimes we have to ask the question, why am I so afraid of it? Yeah. Um, because I think if we're honest with ourselves, there's, there's a certain amount of like, um, independence and perhaps I could even go as far as to say, you know, sort of pride that sort of sneaks in mm -hmm. where the reason we don't want others is because we don't want to be seen as someone who needs others because our culture is telling us, you know, so much about being an individual and being the one who is in control of your own destiny and all of those kind of things. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yet I think we all feel that need of others. We feel the need to be, to be known. Um, what is it? Uh, the basis of friendship is, is you too, right? Like, yeah. Oh, you too. Yeah. That's, right, oh right. yeah. 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 So I forget who yeah. said that, but no, that's great. There's something. And I, I heard a great story the other day coming out of a, um, a community community group, um, Someone showed up for the first time and, you know, you do the kind of like check-ins and they're brand new and it's awkward, right? Introducing more people in your community is hard. So they're like, oh yeah, things are going well. And then as the group went around, everyone's kind of like, well, here's what's going on in my life. And and pretty candid, pretty like, mm -hmm. and I think if we're all candid about our lives, there's good and there's bad and there's yeah. hard things. And so when they came back for the second week, they said, you know, before we, before we go, let me just share, like, you got a picture of my life last week. It wasn't wrong. But let me, let me unpack a little more because mm. this feels like a safe place where I can actually, yeah. I can be here. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a beautiful part of community. And I think that's what we need to make a rule of life to, to follow Jesus really work. Agreed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so how do we do this, Paul? <laughs> like, like practically, I mean, we're all busy. Um, one of the tensions I feel is I have like, I have family relationships. I have coworker relationships. I have good friends in the church. I have good friends outside of the church. I have people I'm trying to keep up with. Like, it feels like I'm juggling more relationships than I yeah. can handle. How do I, how do I, why should I prioritize this? And what does that look like? Yeah. So it's a very good question. And I think that, you know, for some of us, if we have in our minds a traditional idea of, you know, what kind of a Bible study group might've looked like in the past for you, um, you may have an idea in your mind about what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, some of those things can, um, can be, can, can stop us before we start. Mm. And, you know, maybe we need to be careful about our preconceptions about what we think it's going to be like. And perhaps we could spend more time uh, creating something that makes sense. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, beginning with friendships that are easy uh, relationships that don't require a lot of extra work or stress uh, mm -hmm. to be, you know, engaged with someone. So it starts with friends, right? And um, over time, you know, gathering together on a regular basis, uh, maybe sharing a meal together, doing something that stretch stretches your relationship a little bit in terms of, you know, pushing it into a place of, of just more closeness and connection. Um, and then from there, you know, having those spiritual conversations, beginning to talk about, what I'm exploring, uh, what mm -hmm. questions I have, where am I, you know, where do I need help? And, 
And um, those kinds of things can happen, but they don't need to happen on day one. Right. And I would say that it starts with a friendship and it starts with being intentional. Right. And I, I think these groups, um, one of our visions, one of Chris's visions for these groups is that they're a good place for us to practice some of these habits, some yeah. of these things we want in our rule of life, whether it's regular prayer, whether it's meditation yeah. on scripture, right? And and certainly Bible study isn't isn't a bad thing, but if that for you feels like a weight um, and something you don't, we, we can all use more Bible. Don't, don't hear me yeah. saying anything about that, but like it doesn't, it, a community group doesn't have to be centered around 45 minutes of inductive Bible study. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a place for that too. Yeah. But I also think that there's a sense in which we're, we're looking to those behind us in a sense hmm. or behind us on the journey, I guess, or behind us in terms of, you know, where people are at, because I think sometimes we settle into, so I, I mentioned on Sunday that, uh, according to our survey, one of the groups that feels most connected with their community in terms of spiritual growth would yeah. be some of our young people. Yeah. And I think that's great, but I think there's also people out there and maybe you have a grandkid or a child or someone who may not feel connected to mm -hmm. the youth group. And so what I would say is the good news is that the group is uh, developing and growing and there is a, a good sense of connection and people are feeling like they're growing in their faith because of that group. So that, so there's a goal like that's there. Mm -hmm. So that's available. The next thing I would say is that, you know, you can take steps to move towards it, but I would say for the people that are in that group. So if you're listening to this and you are already in a group, mm -hmm. look around, you know, don't just settle in and say, Oh, I'm glad I'm being looked after. Like right. look for those people coming along beside you who may need some extra help and invite mm -hmm. them into that context, you know? Yeah. So, so that's, that's a tension I have felt in many groups, both personally and, and within churches, right? So that the, there's this idea that we want to be open to new people. And yet there's this like comfort with the people who we know you said, start with friends and, and people that are easier. If I can, mm -hmm. if I can say that, and how do we like, how do we hold those things together? How do we discern? Is it a season to bring more people in? Um, I know our church isn't unique in that. Like we would love to have 10 more people come forward who are willing to host a group and get mm -hmm. to know new people. And we haven't been able to find those people yet. Mm -hmm. So if that's you just, just reach out. We would love to have that conversation. Yep. Um, but how, how do you, how do you hold that tension? Well, I would just say that I, when I said start with easy relationships, that is where we start. Okay. But leaving a group in an easy context is probably not healthy long term. So start easy. Okay. But then, but then be focused and be be clear about why why you're gathering together and start mm -hmm. talking about those other things. And so, what I would say is. Um, you know, if you were to keep a group easy, you would just keep meeting and talking about the weather and, you know, moving on right. all while holding on to these questions and feelings and wonderings about where you are spiritually and not expressing them. So what I'm saying is move it to more difficult by bringing things up, having those conversations, starting to move it to spiritual things. And I would say another way to make things a little bit more difficult is to reach out, you know, when appropriate right. and kind of move on. So I would just say, if you're feeling really like it's, it's a really easy kind of, it's all kind of everything. Then I yeah. would say that would be the time where you should be thinking about, okay, what's next? What right. does it look like? And I would, the only maybe a different thing I would change there, you, moving to more difficult, I would say move to more meaningful. Move right. To, move yes. To, move to more depth, which often more means, purposeful, yeah, I guess. Would yeah, be, yeah. Yeah. It often means like going through the difficulty. Exactly. It doesn't mean just do hard things for the fun of it. Um, right. But do it, do it because it's actually like, it's what we all need. But I think the image that I, I used on Sunday, this idea of drifting in the, in the water. Yeah. And unless we're actually actively swimming towards Jesus, we are probably drifting. Right. 
And, and what I'm saying is that we don't passively drift towards Jesus. And so there is no easy way, like drifting is easy, like mm-hmm. sitting back on the inflatable and just letting the, letting the wind take you where it's going to is, is one option. And I think what we're saying is that this path of developing a rule of life, doing it in community, it's, it doesn't have to be painful, mm-hmm. but it does need, it does require effort and, yeah. and some purpose. Yeah. Well, Paul, we're, we're almost out of time. Um, first thing I'm going to say before you get, you get the closing word, of course. Um, but if you, if you've been enjoying this conversation, but you've got more questions about rule of life, um, Paul and I can, can do our best. You're welcome to reach out. But Chris Heiss is probably the guy who uh, has the most resources. We've got stuff on the website. He would love to sit down and have a conversation about rule of life, have a conversation about community groups, whatever it is that you um, you are looking for, uh, that would be kind of a great next step here. Um, any, any other closing thoughts, Paul? Yeah, I just, I guess I would just say, you know, I think generally speaking, we could be pretty hard on ourselves, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, wishing we were somewhere else. And I know that sometimes when we have these conversations for some of you, this is really invigorating and exciting. And for others, it just fills you with more worry, anxiety, feeling like, mm. ah, I just don't know if I can do this. I'm already failing at so many other things. Yeah, Why do I need one more thing? And, you know, and I would just remind you that this, the kind of journey that we're inviting you into is, is not a journey that is like, you know, trying to find God. It's a, it's a journey of uncovering the God who is already present with us. If we've, um, you know, given our lives uh, to him, if we've accepted Christ as our savior, you know, the work that we have to do is uncovering, um, how the Holy spirit wants to guide us. And, um, and so, if, uh, if that's you, I just want you to just take a deep breath and, you know, I, I'm, uh, yes, we're talking about challenging things, but this is not about inducing guilt. This is about finding a place where we can really enjoy and welcome and respond to the presence of Jesus. Love that. Thank you so much, Paul. Uh, thank you for listening along this week and we will be back next week with more Postscript. <laughs>